It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity, and she joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are those markets feeling today? Well, markets are in the green, a little flat, uh, but still positive. So that's uh, that's the good news. And they've bounced back over the last week. Uh, U.S. markets are up over 1%. Canada, just half a percent as inflation expectations really have tempered. Um, some commodities have been pulling back off the highs, such as like lumber is down over 15%, copper down 7%, agriculture down 5%. So the, the fears of rising rates um, have kind of lowered as technology is, is leading the market market again right now um, with a rise over 3% over the past week. So so central banks remain optimistic on the recovery, of course, and they're saying inflation will be temporary uh, and that they're going to need substantial progress um, before hiking rates. So it's funny, you know, from one week to the next, the markets have completely changed their outlook on what's happening in terms of inflation and interest rates. I mean, the fact of the matter is we are in a recovery uh, and we're going to see, uh, you know, more economic expansion, I believe, down the road. And we will see rates, you know, increase at some point, but that also means that the economy uh, is improving and usually the stock market's also uh, increasing when when rates are moving higher. So it's not something to be completely worried about. That change from, you know, very low rates to increasing can affect the market, uh, but that should be temporary. But you sound very optimistic. I am. And I mean, watching Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday made me even more optimistic. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, when you when you look down in the States, what's happening at the reopening and, you know, people are going to sporting events already and things like people are hugging on TV. Um, you know, I mean, this is a, a place where, you know, I don't I don't even think I thought we would be there um, until much later this year. So so, you know, we have said before, you know, the world has gotten over everything before and it will get over uh, the pandemic. It was just a matter of of how long. And uh, in terms of reopening here in BC, that's fantastic news. But this is not just happening here in our country or in our province. It's happening globally. Um, of course, there's still many countries that are, are affected um, much more when you talk about India and so on. Uh, so we're hoping that improvements right. will be made there within time. Well, let's talk about the real estate market then, because you know it stayed hot all during the pandemic, which was quite surprising, which I think now has left a lot of younger people wondering how they are ever going to break into the market. Yeah, you know, I have this, uh, you know, conversation a lot with our clients, um, you know, whether they're talking about their adult children or even their grandchildren, uh, you know, how is it going to be possible to afford something here in Vancouver? And, and I agree. So so the conversation really is, is, you know, how can, you know, I help them? And, and, and that is usually with a down payment. Um, and so you really need to re- review your options with that, especially now, like a recent report is, is just showed Vancouver and Toronto uh, as being less affordable than both New York and L.A. at this point. I mean, so we're, we're not just making this up. It is expensive here. And wages um, are not matching those pricing increases, right? And so how can parents help their children break into the real estate sector? I mean, a cash gift, there's no tax consequences to, to transferring cash to, to your children. You have to think about, though, if you're going to be selling any stocks in your portfolio, that you're not triggering a capital gain to do so or, or not much of one. So, again, speak to a financial advisor before making that move. Uh, you can loan money. So you can set uh, the loan's interest rate so you both can benefit. I see this less. To 
to me, the, the conversation usually is, is that it's kind of like early inheritance. Here you go. We're going to help you. Um, and other ways are co-signing for a mortgage, uh, co-ownership, um, buying a home as an investment and renting it out to your uh, adult child and, and that they will inherit the house later right. on. Those are all different ways that you could look at uh, getting into the real estate market and helping your family. You mentioned something interesting there that used to be a lot more common, and that is co-signing for a mortgage. I mean, that used to be way more common than it is now. Well, it is. I mean, if you, you have quite responsible children, you know, maybe you want to do something like that. But it also um, can kind of hurt your ability to buy real estate or buy, you know, get loans and things like that in the future, right? So, so you know, you are definitely, you know, responsible for the payments of that loan. And when they're looking at your cash flow, uh, just in case you want to buy a rental property or a vacation home, they're going to look at that as well. So you have to keep that in mind. So, so I mean, if you're a, you, you have the ability to help um, your children break into the real estate market, you definitely want to talk to a financial advisor, uh, just which is the, the best way for you and your family to do that. What are the downsides of gifting them some cash? Uh, well, they could take the money and run, <laughs> uh, but usually that, that isn't the problem. I mean, gifting cash is, is actually probably one of the best ways. I, I also say, you know, if you, you know, say sell a building or you sell your business and you come into a lump sum of money and you're about to reinvest say, in a portfolio of stocks and bonds, uh, you might want to get some of that money off of your balance sheet and onto your, your kids, right? Again, you're, you may not use it in your entire lifetime. And if you have too much, and again, this is not a problem for all, but there is there are families out there uh, that do come into large lump sums and uh, they choose to uh, allocate some of that money to their adult children in advance. And uh, again, you can, you know, gift inheritance uh, while you're still here uh, and see them enjoy that and help a family. Um, so again, it's a, it's a very personal conversation with each family. It's not appropriate for everybody, uh, but I've seen a lot more of that uh, over the last year for sure. Okay, good to know. Now, one of the other things we were going to talk about this morning is about your GIC and what you should do with it essentially after it matures. Can you explain that process? Yeah, so in terms of GICs, as you and I have talked about, I mean, rates are extremely low right now, but a lot of people don't realize uh, that their GIC may have an auto-renewal clause so that if you don't do anything when your GIC matures, the bank will make the decision for you. <laughs> and they may be reinvesting in, uh, into a GIC that's earning 1% or less. I mean, uh, when you take a look at uh, the terms right now for a one- or two-year GIC, we're talking like 1%. And remember, the the biggest problem with GICs right now, it's not that you're not guaranteed that interest. You are. Uh, but there's no protection from inflation, right? And with inflation in Canada here at 3.6%, uh, you are definitely losing money at this point. And so you need to reassess your overall situation when you have GICs maturing um, because the world changes, right? And so when you first invest in that GIC a year or two ago, there may have been a, a good reason to do so. Now you got to look at, okay, we're coming in of a bear market and, and a recovery, do I still want to remain uh, highly weighted in GICs given uh, where we are uh, economically speaking? So again, um, a lot of people sit in GICs because they didn't know what to do last year. They sold the building, they sold their business, um, or even now, and uh, they're waiting for that next big crash. Well, that next big crash may not happen for years to come, right? That already happened. It was last year. And it's not that something can't come out of the woodworks, but again, you need to have a portfolio manager who's actively managing your portfolio and coming up with some conservative uh, recommendations for that cash instead of sitting in the bank. Yeah, are there alternatives? 
Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of just being an alternative to a GIC, no, you're going to have to take some risk, whether it's in the bond market or the stock market. But again, when you start, you know, talking to people, well, if you're actively managing some of these companies that you recognize the names, Amazon and Google or Nike or Lululemon, you know, Pellis, Royal Bank, people feel uh, much more comfortable with that, right? And you got to make sure that you're with a financial advisor who's in the right area of the market, uh, because not all financial advisors are created equal. for sure. Ah, yes, that's a good point as always too. So is it always good to ask then if there is a better investment alternative? 100%. 100%. And, and so a lot of people keep their GICs at the at the bank and or they try to shop around for various GIC rates. I mean, even at my firm, because we're independent, I mean, we shop the market for you. Uh, and there's, you know, 20 different GICs available for various credit unions and banks. But the fact of the matter is, even shopping around for GIC rates is just, you know, it's no fun. It's like, you know, you get 0.2% versus 0.5%. <laughs> so, so definitely you want to, you know, talk to a professional about possibly possibly a different strategy. Again, if you need lump sum money in the short term, you're going to be buying real estate, you're going to be buying a new car, any of that kind of stuff. That's something that a financial advisor should take into account. You know, the idea is not to have no money in the bank. You know, everybody does. Everyone should have a cushion, but you just don't want to have large lump sums sitting in the bank earning next to nothing and in fact, losing money after taxes and inflation. All right. Good advice as always. Thanks, Lori. Thanks so much, Simi. Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now you can contact her team directly at 604-695-LORI or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.